Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everybody, welcome to the Single Tracks Podcast. Today it's me, Jeff, and I'm here with Aaron and Greg, and today we're going to be talking about beer and bikes. So we did a survey last year, or actually it was part of a survey. We asked a couple questions about beer and mountain bikers, and 80% of the mountain bikers we surveyed said they drink beer. A lot of people obviously are into craft beer in particular. So why do you guys think that mountain bikers are so interested in beer and craft beer in particular? Honestly, I think people just like to drink. So any excuse where you can combine some activities with drinking makes for a good time within reason. Also, I think it's also part of the community aspect of mountain biking, the camaraderie that comes with riding. So you're hanging out after the ride recounting how it all went down how you hit that sick jump and you're going so fast it's part of the ritual it's kind of like the cool down after a ride so good way to end a ride sitting around the trailhead having a beer or two or maybe in the local pub i know it's definitely definitely part of my riding i would say to be fair most people not just mountain bikers like beer and most people with undamaged taste buds like craft beer Unless you can't taste like everybody digs craft beer. I'd say while there's a close relationship between mountain biking and beer, the same could be said for skiing, rock climbing, hiking, trail running, all sorts of music including metal, rock, folk, blues, art, mountain towns in general, upscale downtown areas, big cities, small cities, and many, many other hobbies. So yeah, like mountain bikers drink beer, but I think everybody drinks beer too. I don't know if it's necessarily like confined just to biking but it's hard to deny that there's some sort of connection personally i think craft beer generally compared to like macro brews generally trends toward the slightly more affluent audiences which you know also correlates to mountain biking it's a slightly more affluent on average and also people are more conscious about what they buy or what they eat such as buying local eating organic etc which generally correlates to craft brews as well and also all those things are higher cost so there's some correlation there but you know it's by no means solely specific to mountain biking i mean i think one of the first big craft beers that was sort of widely available in my mind is new belgium's fat tire and clearly that one you know is marketed toward mountain bikers or it at least gets its name and sort of identity from our sport and so to me, I, I think there is, there's got to be something more going on. I mean, obviously New Belgium is in Fort Collins, which is a big mountain bike town. And so I think part of it is a lot of these craft breweries are in cool places like Colorado and Pacific Northwest and now even Asheville, North Carolina, which is, you know, right, right beside Pisgah National Forest. So it seems like there is a connection. And I agree that you can hike and you can trail run in those places too, but I don't know that we've seen as many beers marketed specifically to other people as we have to mountain bikers. 
I also like to think that, you know, beer, beer is pretty carb heavy. I mean, in the old days, the guys who drank beer always had beer bellies and stuff like that. But as a mountain biker, you burn so many carbs that I think it makes sense. You need a lot of carbs. You need hydration. <laughs> this is a great choice. Unlike wine or cocktails or things like that. Think about stuff like these uh, road bike vacations. And a lot of times you'll see the, you know, it'll be like a seven day road bike tour in wine country or whatever. And to me, I associate road biking with wine and mountain bikes with beer. I think too, what's cool about craft beer is that it's a beverage that's, you know, obviously crafted locally and, and mountain bikers are into local stuff. I mean, we're kind of the last holdouts in that regard in terms of, you know, wanting to support local bike shops. I mean, economically, it makes very little sense for us to support a local bike shop. But we have realized as mountain bikers that it's important. It's an important part of community. And I feel like bikers have always been sort of on the forefront of that. I mean, you're seeing more of it now in local food and obviously local beers. But mountain bikers have always been into local stuff and getting a sense of the local scene by, you know, riding trails and really being connected. So I think that's another reason too. And finally, mountain bikers love to tinker and work on stuff and craft brewing is the same way. Almost all the craft brewers that you'll see started out as home brewers. You know, they bought the equipment, they geeked out about it, they, you know, went online and learned everything they needed to learn about it to me it's just like mountain biking it's the same guys that are into mountain biking and messing with their bikes and tuning them and upgrading them and that kind of stuff you know that's what you're seeing people do with beer and so to me i I feel like there's just such a good connection we're really like kindred spirits with the the brewers and there's obviously a lot of overlap between the people who do both with all that in mind, do you guys think that promoting craft beer as a part of mountain biking is a dangerous thing or like an irresponsible thing? We've had a number of people when we did like the craft beer survey, a number of people were upset or maybe just surprised that we would talk about craft beer because obviously it's not it's not the same as mountain biking. You know, there are people who aren't of age and obviously people who abstain for various reasons. So is it is it a bad thing to promote beer with bikes? Heck no. I always say that I can ride better buzz than I can walk down the street sober. And apparently, if recent injuries are any indication, play dodgeball, kickball, or ski sober. So, yeah, like one or two beers is not a drunk mountain biker make. I think they go hand in hand really well and honestly really well out on the trail too. Everybody talks about having a post-ride beer. I like a mid-ride beer personally. <laughs> so... I've done that a few times, but I always feel so lazy after I do it, you know? Like, I have one, I'm like, uh, now I'm relaxed, and I just want to, like, sit down and lay in the sun, you know? Well, that's why I do it at the top of the climb. So I climb <laughs> the mountain, I drink the beer, and then I go back down the mountain. That's yeah. why you do it. But I guess you can't do that in Atlanta. Yeah. But. Well, it's interesting, too, you say enjoying a couple beers. You know, a lot of – you hear about – these tourism agencies that are starting to target mountain bikers. And I think in the past people maybe saw mountain bikers as not the type of tourists that they want, right? Like they want people who have money, who are well to do and maybe have families and they're going to be quiet, like tenants in their rental properties and all that stuff. But they're realizing that mountain bikers, I've heard this so many times they say, Oh, you know, mountain bikers are great 
guests because they ride hard all day. They come back, they're tired, they drink like a couple beers, and then they go to bed because they're getting up the next day to go ride. Our sport isn't really conducive to like binge drinking the night before or anything like that. Like you really, you want to have a lot of moderation in your intake. So I think that's a good thing. It reminds me of like the single tracks meetup that we just had in, was it August we did that? Anyhow, like I felt like a dud every evening. Like I felt <laughs> a little bit bad because we'd like get home, I'll be chilling on the couch, just be like, I'm ready for bed now. <laughs> just like exhausted. Yeah, well, when you have to wake up an hour before sunrise, that that will definitely temper your your <laughs> appetite for beer. I will say. Yeah, I would I would also agree with you guys in saying that. No, in general, I don't think promoting craft beer is irresponsible. Generally, I don't really see drinking being glorified in the marketing and advertising when when there is mountain biking present. Of course, you have your free ride dirt jump videos where kids are shotgunning beers but it's also you know i think that's part of being young and irresponsible and generally speaking i don't think it's something that is glorified i would say we should also mention that alcohol at a lot of trailheads is prohibited technically in a lot of national forests even Individual forests might have rules about alcohol. I know I was surprised to know that at Fats in Augusta, not allowed to drink in the parking lot and obviously not in the trails either. Also, we should mention that biking under the influence is illegal almost everywhere as far as I know. A bike is considered a vehicle and you can be cited for biking under the influence. And, and it's, I mean, it's downright dangerous too if you've had way too many. You know, you, you have a run a risk of getting injured. I will make an observation, though, in that, you know, there's a lot of these laws prohibiting certain consumption of, you know, certain substances in different places, but it doesn't seem to stop anybody. And we need to do another podcast specifically on weed, but, like, you know, <laughs> despite weed being legalized here in Colorado now, it's still not legal on public lands, but people have been smoking pot in the woods, you know, at the top of the climb during the middle of their mountain bike ride for decades you know right it hasn't slowed down any which is you know interesting it's like there are all these laws prohibiting say drinking at the trailhead or smoking out in the forest but when it's you and two of your bros nobody's generally gonna know it's just interesting you know i don't smoke anything so i can't say i'm a proponent of it or super anti-marijuana either but it's uh just interesting to like see these laws but then how little effect they have in actual practice well at the very least i guess it keeps people from doing it sort of openly and perhaps influencing younger mountain bikers i want to talk to you guys about what your favorite style of beer is and maybe a specific beer that you really are really into right now man i really hate to sound cliche here but ipas are my favorite uh they have been for quite some time I can appreciate all different styles of beer, but if I'm going to be having more than one, it's typically going to be an IPA. Some of my current favorites are the Cigar City Hialai, Creature Comforts Tropicalia, which is a local, semi-local, I guess it's over in Athens, so not too far from us. That's a really good recent beer. Sierra Nevada Celebration, which is their seasonal that they release every year in the in the winter, that's just one of my favorites. I always get 
get pumped when I'm at the grocery store and I see the the red Sierra Nevada celebration box because I know it's celebration season. Terrapin, which is another Athens brewery and uh, supporter of single tracks, they've got a bunch of great beers. One of their kind of more limited releases is called Mosaic, and that's a really, really good IPA. It's really, really strong, so you can only have a couple of those. Their Recreation Ale is awesome. It's a little bit lighter, definitely more sessionable, really good for hot days. And I've really been digging uh, Sweetwater, which is an Atlanta brewery. They're hash brown. It's like a really hoppy brown ale, which you know I didn't think I was gonna like, but it's delicious. So I've been I've been digging on that one a lot this winter. Nice. Well, Jeff, I think that's a pretty loaded question since there are so <laughs> many beers out there. Personally, I like everything in the ale family as well as English style bitters, which are closely related to the ale family. If my periodic table of beer styles chart should be believed so my two favorite beers types of beer are probably pale ales and esbs both a little bit different from each other but both delicious as for specific beers my favorite beer that i can get anywhere is sierra nevada pale ale you can generally get one of those anywhere you go in the nation which is kind of nice my favorite colorado beer would be ska brewing out of durango's uh, esb special ale pretty fantastic i'm also a big fan of rye beers so whenever i'm in georgia definitely hit up the terrapin rye pale ale which is a mainstay of theirs but isn't a generally you know available beer style in a lot of places so definitely take advantage of that as for specific breweries my favorite brewery ever is probably odell's located here in colorado every single beer they make just seems to be excellent in category just super flavorful what they're making followed up by left hand and then i've got a few local breweries that are my favorites as well moonlight brew pub right here in slida is just makes excellent small batches of beer but they're only on tap in the brew pub and pizza right that's where we had pizza that place yeah we had pizza there excellent pizza excellent calzones excellent beer you can go in and just get a growler if you want but it's a legit local establishment and if you're ever in slida i'd recommend that you check it out yeah yeah, that place is pretty awesome. So, yeah, I, I'm really into, like, Belgian beers and specifically, like, triples and quadruples. Actually, really any high-gravity kind of beers. Um, my favorite that, you know, is widely available is, is probably Old Chub. And I know Greg doesn't like Old Chub, but that's like a scotch ale. It's a wee bit heavy it scotch is. ale. Well, it's I've had a lot of scotch ales, and that's a really really hard hitting scotch ale like a lot of scotch ales aren't necessarily like that dark or that heavy tasting right right and that's interesting to see like the differences in category even yeah well it's apparently yeah i I did some reading on it and it's a there are different styles of scotch ales so this one in particular old chub is a wee bit heavy meaning yeah that it does have more more alcohol and more flavor i guess that's Um, an oscar blues yeah yeah yep they're they've got some some big ones like they're deviant dales i don't know if you guys have had that but it oh, is I have. woo that'll good times yeah that'll put you down yeah well i love it because it's in cans and yeah i can drink one and i'm good you know triples and quadruples as well they're a lot of alcohol so it's not really something you'd want to drink on the trail it's a great after ride kind of beer for me and fortunately you know here where we are in decatur 
There's a great bar called Brick Store Pub that has a Belgian bar where you can get on draft just all kinds of really interesting Belgian beers. And and then we're also lucky enough here in Decatur to have a couple of breweries that do a lot of Belgian style beers. Three Taverns is one of them, uh, right indicator, and they do. They actually have, I think when we went on the tour, they claimed they had like the only brewer from Belgium other than like New Belgium in the U.S. or something. And it was like the guy's brother. I don't know. Jeff had a couple, so he doesn't I remember. did have a couple, so I, that, it's a little little hazy. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so they do. They even do like a Belgian-style IPA, which is interesting. And then there's another one just kind of down the road called Wild Heaven that does uh, a number of those Belgian styles and even some Lambics and stuff like that. So that's what I'm into. Greg and Aaron both mentioned IPAs. And it seems for mountain bikers, IPAs are by far the most popular style of beer, perhaps followed by pale ale, or maybe maybe pale ale has a slight edge. But what is it about those two styles of beer that you guys think attract mountain bikers? They're delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I Aaron, do you have a good moment on this? I'm I'm not sure either. They are they're delicious to me, but I also know one person that doesn't like them, Kurt. But uh, Jim, Jim too. <laughs> Call him Jim. Jim, yeah, Jim's anti IPA. They are tend to be very strong in flavor, so it's it's too much for some people, and I I can get that. They're definitely overpowering. I've definitely had an IPA. Well, several different IPAs that you drink one, and if you drink something that's lighter afterwards, you can't even taste it. You know, if you don't, if you don't have the same beer or go up in strength to like a stout or something, yeah, it really kind of fries your taste buds. But I don't know. Maybe it's the bang for the buck. IPAs tend to have a bit more alcohol per volume, so maybe we're <laughs> trying trying to get the most out of our beer money. I'm not sure. I think there's something to that. So not even maybe so much the alcohol for me, but when you when I drink a really light beer, it's just like, man, it's almost like drinking water. Like I can knock it back in no time at all. Whereas like if I have a really bitter IPA, like I take my tend to take my time and enjoy it a little bit more. Sort of like drinking scotch neat, you know, it's like you savor it, you sip it and uh take a little bit more time with it, which ends up being more bang for my buck instead of knocking back like four super light beers, you know, two IPAs and I'll call it good and generally ends up being a pretty similar price. Hmm. Well, my theory is that IPAs are more refreshing than a lot of other beers. I don't know what it is. I mean, obviously IPAs are more bitter and a lot of times if I drink an IPA like after a really hot ride or whatever, I mean, it's almost like it's like lemonade or something, right? It's like kind of bitter and sour and like it really, it seems like it quenches your thirst. Like, I don't know. It's probably the opposite. It's probably like bitter makes you thirstier. A lot of the guys that I ride with, that's definitely on the really hot days. That's when we're ordering like the pitchers of the IPAs. And then, you know, obviously in the winter, you're getting stuff like stouts and things that are like a little smoother and I don't know, easier on the palate. Yeah, I think part of that is sort of the, the darkness and heaviness of the beer. So darker beers, you know, generally it's more like drinking a milkshake to me, right? And it's not super refreshing. Whereas like a lighter beer that goes down smoother is more refreshing. But I'd argue that say uh, like a lager or some like the lighter English beers, 
And uh, lagers are analyte German beer are super refreshing on a warm day, even more so than like a super bitter beer. But then I think you're kind of like looking at color and, you know, the heaviness of the beer more so than the alcohol content for like refreshingness. Yeah. Well, maybe too, as I'm thinking of, you know, a lot of the notes that people taste in IPAs are like citrus notes. And Uh again, yeah, that's kind of, I associate that with like lemonade and man, what's better than cold lemonade on a really hot day. I mean, I think the other problem is when you say craft beer, people just immediately assume IPA. I mean, any new craft brewery that opens up, they're going to have an IPA on the menu pretty much. Oh man, here's a, speaking of grinding our gears. So that's (laughs) something that grinds my gears is when breweries don't do interesting beers. It's like, okay, sure. You have to have an IPA. You have to have a Blondale and probably an Amber. I've been to a few different brew fests now. We have one here in Salida that they have to cap it every year because so many brewers want to come. Just an abundance of really interesting beers I never tasted before, you know. And when I go to a brew fest, I'm like, okay, I want to try out something that I can't get on the shelf, you know, in a normal liquor store. But I went to a brew fest up in Montana, and I found two interesting beers that were, like, worth my time to drink. Every other brewery just had IPAs, pale ales, ambers, and blondes. I'm like, how many IPAs can I drink in this one day? You know, like I want something interesting. So I definitely applaud breweries that are willing to break out of the box a little bit and try something risky and try something original, you know, and uh, definitely get behind that. Agreed. So we talked about sort of the association between craft breweries and a lot of the places that mountain bikers like to ride like Pisgah and Colorado and Pacific Northwest. What are some of the top destinations for people who like to mountain bike and also like to sample delicious beer? I've actually got some stats on this and there, there is a lot of overlap. So good news, everybody, (laughs) according to the Brewers Association, so the states with the most breweries per capita, so that's per 100,000 21-year-olds, top five are Vermont, Oregon, Colorado, Montana, and Wyoming, which I think we would all agree are also really great states for mountain biking. Yeah. So good news. If you like to drink beer and you want to ride in one of those states, you're probably going to be able to do so really easily. Nice. I would also mention we should, if you're interested in this, definitely check out our 10 Beer Towns with a Mountain Biking Problem article that Erica Barnes wrote a few years back. Still a great list of excellent destinations to both ride and drink excellent beer. I would also say kind of close to us, uh, Western North Carolina has become a huge mountain biking destination, but also uh, a beer destination as well. Some of the local breweries that have their Highland Brewing Company, French Broad, Catawba, Wicked Weed, which I actually went to for the first time over New Year's, which was really good. And then, of course, you've had Sierra Nevada open up an East Coast operation there, as well as Oscar Blues. So some of the the larger craft beer manufacturers have seen Asheville and Western North Carolina in general as a really desirable place to be. So two other places I think are both excellent include Bend, Oregon. I spent about a week there a couple of years ago riding, and we went to a different brewery every night. When we were there, we knew there were way more breweries than we could hit in a week's time. 
when the top 10 beer towns uh, with the mountain biking problem list was written, Erica mentioned that there are 12 breweries in Bend, which is what I remembered. But I just looked it up before our podcast, and currently there are 22 breweries in Bend now. And the list was originally written back in July of 2014, so in about a year and a half, the number is almost doubled for breweries in that town, which is kind of insane. Um, and there's hundreds of miles of trail to be ridden there as well. You know, thinking about Colorado, like where could you go in Colorado, ride and get good beer? Basically, any mountain town you go to in Colorado is going to have at least a couple of breweries. But if you want to choose maybe the best town for a combination of riding and a wide variety of beers, it's probably going to be Durango in Colorado, just for the absolutely excellent riding, but the fact that they have quite a few breweries, both distributing and uh, local breweries in town. You know, Fort Collins is going to have more beer, but it's just not going to have the riding that Durango is. This has been a fun discussion, guys. Thanks for joining me to talk about craft beer. Stay tuned for our next podcast where we'll be talking about mountain bike upgrades for under 100 bucks. See you next time. Peace.